0: Welcome to the Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we are talking about you, me too, but specifically our potential. Zig Ziggler gives us a two minute story about potential, telling the classic story about Spindletop, the famous oil gusher in Texas that led America into the oil age. From Zig's story, I asked my Facebook page at Agent K Miller. What is a skill, ability, or talent you have that you have worked hard to increase and grow? Which is much the point of Zig's message. The comments were significant and pointed to some truths about having potential, but it's nothing until we grow and refine it. And having natural skill or ability does not mean mastery will be easy. It will just be much more possible. So Michelle Prince and I talk through the comments that were given on Facebook. They were incredibly rich, but first let's start you off with a kickoff with Mr. Zig Ziegler.
1: Around the turn of the century, down in South Texas, just outside of Beaumont, there was a farmer selling much of his land. He was having to sell it simply because times were so tough, he couldn't feed his family. One day an oil company representative came along and said, sir, you know, we think there might be oil on your property. Let us drill for it, and if we discover any, we'll pay you royalties on every barrel that we pump out. Well, he had nothing to lose, a great deal to gain, so he said, let's do it. Well they drilled for the oil and in those days the derricks were made out of wood. And when they had a gusher, the gusher literally destroyed the derrick. And the greater the destruction, the greater the excitement, because that meant an abundance of oil underneath. When this oil well came in, it literally obliterated the derrick, and before they could cap it, over a hundred thousand barrels of oil had flowed out. It was the world's introduction to spindletop, the most productive oil well in history. Three oil companies uh, came out of that field. The man became an instant millionaire. Or did he? The reality is, he'd been a multi millionaire ever since he had acquired the property. But until they drilled for the oil, discovered it, brought it to the surface, and took it to the marketplace, it really had no value. I found a lot of people pretty much that way. They've got an awful lot underneath the surface. But until they bring it out and take it to the marketplace, they will never realize even a minute fraction of the benefits that they could bring themselves, their families, their friends, their community, and everyone else.
0: Okay, folks, it's from that clip from Zig that we are going to dig into the show. Before we do, I want to thank this supporter of our show. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. All right, Michelle. So this topic that Zig talked about, of finding our potential, I'll tell you right off the bat, I have been guilty in my lifetime, multiple times. Of thinking, you know, I'm really good at that and I can just do it naturally and just try to make it that way. And I had my missteps and it it still took me a while to get it ingrained that no, I still have to, even if it's an incredible gift, even if it's a brilliant gift, I've got to refine it. I've got to work on it in order to actually get fruit out of it. I don't know if that's just me or if that's just the human condition. What do you think?
2: (laughs) I think it's everybody. I mean, you know, as much as we want to believe that we can just do whatever we want without any work or preparation is, is it's just not realistic. Now, if it's something that you're naturally good at, it might be a little less work than somebody else, but it still takes discipline and focus and, and effort to be at the level of success that you want to be in any area.
0: And and that's really what came out to me as I went through some of these questions or some of the comments that folks submitted is that, yeah, having that inherent Gift, skill, talent, ability doesn't mean that becoming a master at it, if we go with that mastery is going to be easy, but it's just possible as opposed to, you know, if I want to kind of that old, what was the, uh, uh, whose analogy where, you know, we spend so much time trying to make a, a duck climb trees or, you know, uh, a, a fish run that for them, mastery is not really even possible, but within that gift and ability, they can, they can have mastery. And so for folks who want to master something, I think that that, that's what resonates with me for sure.
2: For sure. For me as well.
0: Well, so let me dive into some of the questions here. Cause they brought up some really good things. Susie says, um, you know, what she, it, it was, it was her own, you know, she's, she's disciplined, But she needs to hone that. She said, I spent last weekend at a two-day intensive seminar setting goals for 2018 and evaluating where I am now. As they said, we need to have a healthy level of disgust to make a real change. Uh, She said, I'm wasting my God-given potential for greatness with misguided focus and lack of dependence on Scripture that says God wants to give me the desires of my heart. Ask, seek, and knock. Those are action words, even though we know it's all about God, He commands us to take action. Lots of difficult business changes, uh, but I know God will bless my alignment and hard work if I can get out of my own way. Well, I appreciated all of, all the sharing there, but I was drawn to that statement, uh, interesting statement of disgust to have a healthy level of disgust to make a real change. And I thought, okay, well, the first caveat there is I don't think it's, it's wrong. We would r- real easily have disgust about ourselves. You know, you, you stupid person, you, and, and that bad t- self-talk and that's not it. But I do like the aspect of disgust with maybe where I am you know, that with this current circumstance, I'm not okay with it. I, I thought about that this earlier this year, I had a back injury, another back injury and just kind of incapacitated. I thought I, I am not okay with that. I'm, I'm disgusted with the thought that I'm going to go through life like this. And that at some point I became you know, this feeble old guy and now, oh, you know, grandpa can't lift anything because of his back. I'm not okay with that. And I committed a lot of time, effort, money, And we found a a primary culprit that was causing that. And I'm now enjoying, I don't even know, six, seven months of the strongest it's been since I was a kid. Uh, And so in that sense, I did like that aspect of, I don't know if disgust is the best word. Maybe you got a better word for it, but what's, what's another way to frame that of just saying, I'm not, I'm not okay with this.
2: Well, you know, and. like you that stuck out to me from the comment, because I I never really thought of it that way, healthy level of disgust. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's pretty much spot on when I think about where I was back in 2008, when I decided to, to write my book and kind of step into my greatness, if you will. And but it was not because I was just sitting around so happy. It was because I was sick and tired Of not living to my full potential, not using the gifts that I felt God had given me, and just not really owning what I had. And so it's funny that that's the word discuss, but I do recall that feeling of like, this can't be it. There has to be more to life. More to my life than this. And by golly, I'm going to do something about it, you know? Yep. So I really like that. Disgust doesn't sound right. And I agree with what you said, Kevin. It's not a, a disgust in terms of self talk, yeah. it's just sick and tired of the surroundings that you're willing to make a change.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it reminded me of the old story that I'll, I'll do a marginal paraphrase of the, uh, you know, a farmer comes over to his buddy's house and there's a old dog laying on the deck, just kind of moaning and groaning. And he says, man, what's wrong with your dog? And the guy says, well, he must be laying on a nail. And the guy says, well, why didn't he get off? And the guy says, well, it must not hurt enough yet. And how, how often are we there? So for everybody who's got a desire, you've got something, you know, a circumstance that you're in right now, you, you want something better. You want something different. And, but you're dealing with your own motivation and, and aspiration as we all do so that you would actually take action. Like Susie says, and go after the achievement is realizing, does it, does it hurt enough? And that, I guess it is, it sounds like uh you know, disgust is a, a, a negative word, but to some degree, yeah. If you're because of the opposite is as long as, we're, as long as we, eh, we can, we can withstand, you know, where we're at, you're not going to change. I'm not. I can, eh, if I can withstand where my marriage at, I'm not getting counseling, which is why we usually don't until you're about to kill each other. And then you finally go do it. How about making it hurt enough or make the desire enough before it gets critical, then we can make a better decision. Well, uh, Tyson here says, uh, I feel I'm just getting warmed up each year. I, each year I chose a word that becomes my focus for that year. In 2018, my word is connection through connection. My growth, both personally and professionally will exceed my expectations. Okay. Right off the bat, I just, I kind of liked it when we look at all the stuff that we've talked about, even recently here on the Ziggler show, we just had Michael Hyatt on talking about goals. And of course, we talk about goals a lot here that this is not a long, drawn out thing. He made one word. I thought, how killer for that. If I'm going to tattoo myself this year with a word that encompasses the primary direction of achievement I want to get, I thought that was pretty stout. I mean, that's going to dictate a lot of my. What should dictate most of my decisions on all all places? Is it going to get me? Does this align with that word? So he says connection, and you could fill in a lot of things under that. But I I thought it was an interesting tactic.
2: It is a great tactic. I mean, and it, like you said, it's simple, and our minds tend to go towards simplicity. So instead of overcomplicating it, um, and that's the kind of thing you could post it in your office. You could put it on your cell phone you know screensaver but just wherever you could see that word over and over again so that every decision every thought you can ask yourself am i doing something toward you know my connection word my focus for the year and and i love that his is connection because mm-hmm. connection is key in anything in life clearly we know that in relationships like marriage and friendships but really if you think about in business, everything is about relationships, right? That's what our friend Howard Partridge says. And it's really so, so important that you learn how to connect with other people, you know, because life is just, it's not just all about you. It's about connecting with others. And that's especially in business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about it for me being uh, on the introverted side, that if that was my goal, which we know connection the people, you know, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, which is, is huge for me. But if that's my focus, it's going to dictate yeah, the decisions I make on seminars I go to and social events that I attend. And, uh, you know, the, the, the lunch or, or coffee offering from somebody who wants to get together that I will admit I'm prone to going, ah, no, you know, I'm good. I'm good. But if that's my focus and that's going to, I, again, I really like it. It reminded me in the early 19, uh, early nineties, I, um, uh, I was a professional cyclist back then and lived with a guy who was a professional triathlete. He went on to win the, uh, Ironman Canada and he had a guy really kind of challenge him on some of his eating habits, you know, cause you're a professional athlete. You can go down a pint of ice cream, who cares? <laughs> But he said, yeah, but is it going to help? He says, will you spend the next however long, kind of challenge him to a time period, six months, three months, something like that. He said, will you look at every decision, what you eat, what you, what you drink, uh, what you do, what you spend your day doing, how late you stay out your sleep, everything you're doing, will it help or hurt my performance in the next race? And it really changed the guy's perspective and obviously influenced us, uh, those of us around him as his friends, as he shared that. And we started doing that. It was, you know, kind of a tongue in cheek joke sometimes too. Hey dude, is that going to help you or hurt you? Uh, but, but it's it's so great. So I love. But lost. it
2: stuck right, yes. and you were reminded of it. And so maybe that's our challenge, Kevin. You and I can come up with what our word for 2018 will be.
0: I, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. I thought about what an easy thing to take to my family, where it's one thing to you know write out your goals. We do that every year. Write out your goals, especially for the younger kids. It's difficult to do that. We have to prod them through that. But if if we came up with a significant objective and said, okay, what's a word that embodies that? I do like that. I think we should do it.
2: You too. I okay. do too. Let's do. It. It.
0: All right, Tyson. There you go. You just lay down the gauntlet. Thanks. Uh, so, April here says, "I am planning to grow in my self confidence. Specifically, I am hoping to join the FBI by the end of next year. Way out of my comfort zone in all aspects, but it's a career that I am passionate about and am willing to work hard to obtain." It almost, back to what Tyson, she has one specific thing. So here she wants to join the FBI. It's out of her comfort zone, but she's passionate about that work, obviously. And so her focal point is self-confidence. And I would think, man, if you're going with the FBI, that would be top of the list. So it's, again, kind of a one focal point area. I like that. And it's also... And I don't know her story. Maybe she's been in that line. But if I'm looking at that, it feels like a hag. you know, one of those big, hairy, audacious goals, which I like as well. But yeah, it felt for pretty simplistic. Again, kind of like Tyson's growing my self-confidence. I, I, mm-hmm. I like it.
2: Well, and, and I, what you said too, I want to know the story, you know, what makes somebody want to be in the FBI? I love that. And I love that April's passionate about it because you're more likely to be successful when there's passion in, in the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the working on self-confidence it will for sure absolutely help in that area. But my goodness, that helps in every area. When you feel good about yourself, you feel good about your relationships or others feel good about being in relationship with you or mm-hmm. working with you. And so that is so, so important. And, uh, I, you know, I love that and it is pretty simplistic, right? So every decision that, that you make when it comes to where you invest your time, you know, so instead of watching a TV show, you're going to read something that will yeah. help boost your self-confidence or listen to something that'll boost your self-confidence. But if you always have that in front of you and you remember, and you know that that's your focus for this year. Awesome. It helps just to direct the steps.
0: It is, you know, and it's interesting to me too, because if you thought about, okay, I want to, in her case, let's say the FBI, I want to apply there. I'm thinking right away off. I think we would be prone to say, okay, what are the skills, abilities? You know, can I shoot a gun? Can I, you know, be stealthy? Can I be smart and intuitive and some of those things? And yet self-confidence, that's that's a big umbrella over that. And so if each of us are, are looking at, a specific achievement that we want to go towards. And if we look at what are some root qualities, what is a root quality to be, to fulfill that role or to obtain that achievement? I like that again, as an exercise, what's a root quality? And she pulled out, you know, self-confidence in my business that I'm looking to launch right now, I am going to have to, and I'm thinking out loud here. So I'm, I'm in school by myself or for myself <laughs> at the moment, I'm going to have to increase in some managerial skills, uh, cause it involves so many people and I'm going to have to do a better job of delegating, which I am not good at. Those would be some great ones, uh, for me to look at. I, yeah, I, we, I, I like that we should define that. So Tyson gave us the one word and she's given us what are the, what the root qualities uh, of of an achievement? Uh,
2: Right. What, what is, what is the, what's, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to get what you really want? And I have to just give uh, my hats off to April though, for identifying the fact that it is her self-confidence is what she really needs. When, like you said, many other people would approach it with, well, I need to know how to you know, have these specific skills and tactics. She knows that to be truly, truly successful, it starts from within. Love that.
0: Yeah, I do too. Well, thank you, April. Uh, Scott says, I've developed an artistic side, completely divorced from my binary technology career. I've spent the past two years learning to make beautiful jewelry from raw materials like silver and gold ingots and raw stones. It's been quite a journey and profitable. Well, so that one spoke to me because I spend so much time. I mean, I spend time writing, creating, building businesses, and then my hobby is really woodworking. Uh, It's stuff that I do at my at my home. So a lot of the furniture and. And, uh, gosh, every bed in the house and the lamps and, and yada, yada. So it's, it's trees off our property. I have a wood mill. So we mill it. I plane it. I, I make the stuff. And I love that, that, as he said, he he divorced from his binary technology career. It does feel like that, that I can sit in sometimes even on a Saturday morning, I'm shoring up some work stuff on the computer and then I'll go outside in my grungy clothes and get all covered in sawdust. And, and I like that, that, but that he developed an artistic side that he was not, aware of that is, that's not that common. I don't think that people do that, but I wonder if it's something that is within us all to some degree.
2: Oh, I, I love this because it actually inspires me. So, you know, just to be very vulnerable, and this is going to probably sound silly, but you know, I, for my career, you know, you all know what I do and I speak and I help people to write books and all, but I have this desire to paint. Uh. And what's funny, Kevin, is I've never painted. But I, I am feeling the older I get and the more, uh, I guess, comfortable in my own skin, I am wanting to develop that artistic side of me. And I just feel this calling to paint. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it yet because, well, life has been in the way, but that has just totally inspired me. You could be doing anything and still have another gift within you that you don't even know is there yet. And, you know, it happened for him. Why not let it happen for me and everyone else?
0: Well, so yeah, so let's talk about that a because I'm interested in that. I doubt that it, it, it came out of nowhere. I assume that Scott, in this essence, you know, he saw something somewhere and thought, oh, it kind of rang a little bell for him, just like maybe you're talking about painting. One of my closest friends on planet Earth is Scott Stearman, and you can find him, Scott Steerman, S-T-E-A-R, scottstearman.com. He's a renowned uh, uh, sculptor, does life-size bronze sculptures. Uh, his wife is a counselor here in my my office building, and she just told me about a huge uh, commission he just got for a a library in Oklahoma. And so he does it, but he was 33 working in media, uh, TV and such uh, like that, uh, working there and stopped by, I can't remember where he was, somewhere in Colorado, I think, and saw this guy sculpting. It was kind of one of those things where there's a window on main street and you could see the guy. And he just said, I just felt like I could do that and he made his first piece. He still has it today. And he went on now he's 60 something. And he's uh, again, renowned, a lot of military and faith-based organizations, establishments around the country have his, his work specifically. But I wonder if that came out. So I wonder about that with you. My my mom, Joanne Miller, who we've interviewed here on the show, she started painting, I'm going to guess in her might've even been her forties. I'm not sure just as a oh, hobby. So, and last year, I think it was last year, might've been longer than that. She sold her first painting and now she's in shows selling her, selling her stuff. whether that's your goal or not. <laughs> maybe but it'll it, happen for
2: me. No? And it's funny the friend that said that, that he just kind of felt like he could do that. That's kind of how I feel about painting, but I'm hoping I don't have my foot in my mouth because I've yet to paint. So the first thing I do, you know, <laughs> may not be uh, worthwhile but just to add on to this and then i know we'll jump on but what that reminds me of is one of my favorite movies is from the 80s and and it's it was not a big hit so not many people know about it It was called made in heaven and one of the main characters was looking at a i think it was a saxophone and he just kind of kept, kept staring at it and staring at it, and somebody asked him like oh do you play saxophone he goes i think i do <laughs> meaning like <laughs> he great. felt inside like he could and, and the, you know the movie was all about him you know, creating something beautiful out of his, his music that he had never touched before, but it was just kind of a divine planting in his spirit that he could, and he did, and it was a success. So
0: I think it's a great call out to all of us that there's things that you look around and if something resonates with you, you can kind of feel it, or you can envision yourself doing it. If you've never done it, that Scott's given us a great, call out to consider if there's something in there that maybe it's something that, yeah, day one you stink at, but if you have that, it may be an inherent talent, gift, skill, ability that you have in you that if you step out and try, you're probably – going to excel dramatically quicker than the average person, which again, I did with, with wood stuff. And as I was thinking about this, it was, I think 2002 over a Christmas break, I had this little artistic seizure. Uh, I didn't think of myself as an artist guy at all. I had a buddy's electric, uh, chainsaw, an electric chainsaw. Those actually exist. Had it. I had, I don't know why I had it. And I went outside and I, with tree branches from around the yard, we lived on a bunch of property. I built a shelf. And I still have it today. I was the first thing I'd done. Didn't do anything else until 2008. And we built a house. And through that, I got this uh, kind of a under the fire hose of learning. And it was from that that I found, man, I really like this. I had to learn it. I didn't know the first thing. I didn't know the tools to have. And uh, and now today I can go whip stuff out. I've never had any training. It's you know, Well, YouTube, man, you can get all the training you want on anything these days. Uh, but again, I love that. I just I would really c- encourage folks to think about that. If you look out and see something like you, Michelle, if you look at a painting and go, "I just it makes sense to me," because painting does not make sense to me. <laughs> it, it just it doesn't. I've you got.
2: And s- if you think about even our careers, I mean, would you have ever thought that you'd be doing what you do? It, mm-hmm. it, but it all goes back to that. You know, if there's a spark, if there's a little passion, if there's in a, in enough confidence to believe you can, or at least try, because you know, at least trying, you, you get to see if it's something worthwhile or not, but we all have it within us. So I'm getting all inspired just talking about this. So I'm so glad that, uh, that, that they shared that comment about making jewelry because yep. now I'm
0: inspired to go paint. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> thank you. Well, Hey, real quick. I want to just thank some of the sponsors that helped bring our show to us today. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to AIRDOCTORPRO.com, ocom Use promo code Kevin. YahooFinance.com. All right. So Lisa here says leadership skills and interpersonal professional skills are what she wants to grow. She says, I believe, I, I believed I had it in me, but it took inspiration and a very patient and persistent mentors to grow these traits in me. You know, back to where we started and just my own a- admission, it is odd that I th- maybe it comes from, you know, little kids. I mean, like I see my son, I have a, a, my youngest, my very youngest son is just, he's just a competitor. And I I think I spent so much years in competition. I've never pushed it much with my kids, uh, but he just naturally is. We just did a ninja warrior competition and uh there's three different things they did, and he just he he outright won one section of it uh enormously he's He's little guy and just it's just inherent, and we tend to think, oh my gosh, you know, so he's he's just he's just good, but he's not going to win the things over and over, and we've been looking at him. He is going to have to go and hone that, and I think again as yeah, maybe just that human nature that we have an inherent gift talent skill ability. Uh, But we don't, you know, even with kids, do we push them to really grow that? Well, gosh, okay, you go into the school system. We know that when we have an area of strength with a kid, this is what we all grew up in. A lot of us from age kindergarten, you know, to to a sense through college that we look at, okay, that's great. You got an A there. Good. Now let's go to the place you got an F. We got to work on that. And we don't, and we, I understand the concept. We all understand the concept, but it does not promote. Well, let's just go on there. It doesn't promote mastery. Um, Mm. is that maybe one of the reasons why we inherently tend to not go after and focus on those areas of, of skills and talents and abilities to really grow them to a, to an area of mastery. Mm,
2: That's a great point. I have never really thought about it that way, but you're so right. I mean, even just in my household, we're having a lot of conversations, it's finals week. and, And so of course our focus is on where there is, uh, you know, maybe where they're struggling. But I love that Lisa, you know, was saying that the, the leadership skills, the interpersonal skills mm-hmm. and, and recognizing how important that is and having someone else also promote that in you. I think back to, you know, the, the two biggest life changing Uh, moments in my life related to my career and to to being in personal development, uh, both happened at seminars. Mm. One when I was 18, when I met Zig and I was at the conference with Zig. And then another in 2008, when I had my aha moment that, you know what? I do have what it takes to share my story and write a book. And all of which that neither one of those big moments in my life would have happened without the need to seek to be better seek to have better personal skills, professional skills, leadership skills. And it's just so, so important. It's just easily overlooked, but crucial to success.
0: Well, you know, we had, and I don't have it in front of me, show not that long ago. Let's see, we're on, this is, this is show 521. I'm going to say it's probably in the 500s. Uh, we interviewed Tom Billu. Tom is the founder of Quest Nutrition. He was—he's not there any longer, but was one of the founders of Quest Nutrition, which is now a billion-dollar uh, company. The Quest bars you see them in a lot of grocery stores, and he now has a show, podcast, and TV show, Impact Theory, and his primary push is it's very similar to Zig's, you know, Zig before his presentation at the beginning, as you know, would come and tell a little bit of his background that he was, you know, born in this big family and dad died and, and all this stuff. And it was really to help you see that, man, he had no leg up. He had no silver spoon. He had every reason not to su- succeed. And yet he did. Well, Tom has a very, uh, similar story. And he says, I just desired, uh, just decided I was going to go learn it. I am going to be the world's biggest student and I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn. And I'm, and I'm, I, I'm going to use this word. I keep using, I'm going to stick on it of mastery. You know, now mastery, you know, don't get caught up thinking mastery means you are the best on planet earth. Um, I am not the best, interviewer or podcaster on planet earth by far, I've achieved a level of mastery. That's let me be here today. And I've had to work at that. And, you know, so again, so so to be a master to a certain level to where you can achieve whatever goal you want through that, that's, it's one of the reasons we do the habit show, you know, Michelle, I mean, those are so great to hear people. We just came from our last show. Five twenty was Carrie Wilkerson, one of the most, you know, renowned speakers, presenters authors and she again very similar story she just learned she went and she learned and she went and she learned and you know this is this is back to zig's automobile university that in time you probably know it better than i do you know in the in that what are some of the stats you know that in a certain drive time or whatever you can learn a language you can get a you can get a, a college degree in essence Uh, during that
2: that while you drive (laughs) well yeah you know and it's funny if you and you and I are privileged to talk to so many amazing people through the show through Ziggler and and it seems that every single one of those successful people has that in common. They have worked at something. It didn't, even if some of it came a little bit easy to them, they still had to work. I mean, I know for me and and what I do, even if it's something that I enjoy doing and it comes easy, I still have to work at it. And with everything you do and, personal life and professional life. It's like you work to a certain level, then you get there. Then you go to the next level and you're going to yeah. have to work, 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 work till you get to there and the next level and the next level and the next level. And I don't think we ever stop. I know Zig did not stop until he was stopped. Yeah. If You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's how we should all look at life is that it's, we're constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly filling ourselves up with new information to make us better people. Those successful people that we know, that's how they do it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, so here, I'm going to have us end on one. It's interesting because we had, I think, three different people. Actually, You know what? No, I'm going to come back to that because before that, I do have to point out Evan Desjardins, his CEO of Ziggler, uh, actually posted in here. He said, I would say it's cold calling for appointments. <laughs> that's that's just funny. I don't know if anybody just inherently is good at it. I think even if you are a great talker, uh, which Evan is and a sales guy, and whatever, you've got to work at uh, being good. At cold calling for appointments, that one just made me laugh.
2: (laughs) I think I, I know Evan, you know what, if he is not alone, I don't think anyone is really good at it, like you said, or enjoys it. I always have looked at, I've been in sales my whole life and I've always looked at cold calling though, as a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And I learned this from Zig and I learned this from reading secrets of closing the sale. And I've learned this from working in the Ziegler offices that, you know, for every no, you're that much closer to a yes. And you just have to keep calling and keep calling. And after a while, it becomes a game. Mm. And I started to kind of like cold calling uh, back in the day when I worked at Ziggler, we had to make 100 cold calls a day. Wow. Evan, are you listening? 100 cold calls a day. Wow. And it was not fun. And it was not something that anybody was actually good at, but it was just a formula. And it's like, okay, then wow. for every, you're going to get a no, 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 no. Well, guess what? The next one's going to be a yes. And it became sort of a fun game, but uh, I just, I laugh at that too, because to this day, even if I know how to do it, I, I can't say I enjoy it, but it's a means to an end.
0: Yeah. I, I thought about that recently. I rewatched because it came on Amazon prime. So, uh, myself and some of the kids, we watched the the movie, the pursuit of happiness, the one with Will Smith, Oh, so
2: good!
0: which by the way, the guy, uh, now I'm at a loss for who he is, but I went and looked him up. Uh, the guy that the story is really about. And he is a, today he's a motivational speaker and inspire. I want to find him, uh, and see if maybe we can get him here on the, on the show. But in that movie, the character that Will Smith plays was selling a medical equipment and that's part of the true story. And he was Cold Call and it kind of got me back to that. I think most people aren't used to that in this day and age, but uh, what a skill what a what a trial uh, as well. Well, on the same note, we had about three people talk about public speaking uh, and honing that skill. but the one that stuck out to me was Jeff Jones, and it's because I know who Jeff Jones is. I've known him for years. I've seen him in concert. He was the longtime drummer for the group Big Daddy Weave. Uh, wow! Yeah, yeah, he a really neat story, and today he has a custom drumstick company. So if you type in Jeff Jones, it's customsticksdiex dot uh, com, I believe is is correct. I have a pair here, uh, with my name on it. And one of my company's names that he did for me. So great business story, uh, as well, but he today is speaking more and more to groups, you know, as a, as a past professional drummer, now with a, a business, he speaks there and he said, speaking in front of thousands of people, uh, trying to do that without not throwing up. That was, that was his, his goal. But I love hearing that from him. This is a guy that's been in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and yet today it still is, uh, an effort for him yet. It is absolutely, if you saw him, it is a skill. It's a talent. I mean, he's good at it, but that was, I thought was a really good point to bring out. What if you have a skill and a talent and ability and a gift? What if you hone it and you become a master to some degree and you do that? What if you also enjoy it? Yeah. What if it is also still really hard? really hard. And it kind of brings up that thought to me. I'll get your take on it. Where when you find there's a quote that somebody said, you may know who it was, uh, something to the essence of, you know, when you find work, you love, uh, or vocation, you love or career. Life, you'll never work a day in your life. You know, it's like play. And I, I get the concept. I've never agreed with that because I think the most meaningful stuff that I've ever done that I love doing, that I was passionate about doing was also some of the hardest stuff that I, that I've done too. And so I sometimes want to, Get that on the table and maybe it will be fun, but it's probably going to be still the hardest stuff you ever do. And yet, does any of us want to say, you know what, everything I do every day, it's super easy. (laughs) I mean, we don't really.
2: We do. We want life to be easy, don't we? But, you know, whenever I teach about goal setting, that's one of the things that I say is, you know, it still takes discipline and hard work. Nothing in life comes easy. But the the beauty, though, here's here's the, the difference when you set a goal or you go towards something where you have passion. Yes, it does take work, but that because that passion pulls you, you don't have to push it. It just seems to be a little bit easier. A perfect example would be, you know, let's say you do want to learn how to play an instrument. Well, if you're passionate about playing music, it takes hours and hours and hours to practice and to rehearse and all that, but it shouldn't feel like drudgery, drudgery as much as something else. Um, but it does still take work, right? Like you said, um, I have to comment though on what you had brought up earlier about getting a little nervous and your friend who, uh-huh. Jeff, who would he speaks he still gets those butterflies it reminded me of something that zig had said many times and you know zig spoke uh, i mean i don't even know how many times he spoke in his career but i mean thousands and thousands of times he would think he would never get nervous now he said one time that he would he would still get those butterflies you know the little bit of a and you know excitement butterflies a little kind of like being nervous mm-hmm. and he made the comment that he goes you know it's a lot like think of it this way you know even the thoroughbred When he's in the stall, about to race around the track, Mm -hmm. he gets all, you know, excited and and, uh, skittish in the stall, right? He's kind of jumping all around and they've got to kind of, because he's got that energy, he's excited, he's nervous, he's all of the above. And then as soon as they open that gate, he takes off running and you want to be like a thoroughbred because you know who, or the the donkeys are the ones you put them in the stall and they're not skittish, they're not moving around, they're not doing anything, but they're also not thoroughbred winning the race. So I always think of that before I go out and speak is it's okay to have nerves because actually, if you just channel those in the right direction, it'll give you some, uh, some energy, but you know, I, I just, I, I always visualize that thoroughbred versus uh, a donkey. (laughs) Well,
0: I'm with you because I've questioned myself in, in that scenario, in an area where I go, ah, you know, I'm not nervous. I generally will tend to think I'm probably not that invested I don't, I don't mm. care a time when it's something that I truly care about. I want to do well. I want to, to perform or win or succeed in that. How could I not be? Uh, Cause hopefully there's, there's something on the line. There's a, uh, you know, a consequence or a benefit either way to, to doing a great job. And, uh, yeah, but though for disclosure, I'm pretty comfortable doing these things, but put me in front of live people. I'm always nervous. It's just to, to almost an uncomfortable degree. And I have to talk myself down. Otherwise, I'll start talking a mile a minute, make all the mistakes. And uh, I'm not a matter of fact, I, I experienced it last at the ZLC, Ziggler Legacy Certification Course and i got really? up in front of i was really surprised at myself i mean i knew people in there and yet when they put me up there uh you know face to face with a group of you know what 20 people and i was i was nervous i bumbled a little bit and i just kind of laughed at myself that, well you know i need to, if this is what i want to do uh i would, i'm going to have to hone that one
2: Well, I have to give you catch you a little slack, though, Kevin, because that is a tough group. You're in front of your peers. Mm -hmm. It's a life changing week. You're taking on the honor of carrying the legacy of Zig Ziglar. That is no small (laughs) thing. True. So, you know, you are not alone. Even when I got my certification, I still had those butterflies. But it's mostly because. You know, just being around your peers and all that, but, but those, those butterflies are good and, and just yeah. get them in the right formation. They give you that excitement and that authenticity that, that speakers need more than anything from the stage.
0: So there you go. We'll end with that. If it matters, you're probably going to have butterflies, but as Michelle just charges with just get them in formation and you'll go and become a master. Okay, folks, I'm eager to hear from more of you on what skills, talents, abilities you are honing or think you might start. Uh, You can connect with me on Facebook about that or to be a part of our next question for next week's show at Agent K, as in Kevin Miller. Well, coming up next in show 522, we bring you Lewis Howes. His podcast, The School of Greatness, is one of the top 100 on planet Earth. His book by the same name is a big bestseller. His latest book and message is The Mask of Masculinity. Uh, really really interesting the title alone is not going to make it the most popular book i don't know if a lot of guys want to dig in there but i'm telling you if you want to progress please listen to this show and dig in it was a flat out intriguing interview and has stuck with me to whet your appetite we talked through the masks he has nine that he has pulled out as a primary mask that we as men tend to wear and this relates a lot to women as well you'll get a lot out of it also Uh, But the Stoic mask is number one, the athlete mask, the material mask, the sexual mask, the aggressive mask, the Joker mask, the invincible mask, the know-it-all mask, the alpha mask. As you will hear in the show, as I read through the book and I really looked at that, I had to admit that I can relate to each of those being a bit of me and some of them far more than others. So uh, pretty, pretty uh, compelling and, uh, influential show folks. So, uh, which do you wear is the question and how do you deal with it? How can you get past that for yourself? Uh, well tune in to find out on that one till then folks, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.